Welcome to Fandom Power. Hey, welcome back to Fandom Power presents the Fandalorian. And guess what? It's a little bit of bonus content. We're going to call this one the uh the after show i guess for uh uh for our last uh, episode of the chapter uh, 15 after the show. chapter 15 after show for anybody who's been paying attention to uh entertainment news this week earlier this week we had the uh, disney investors day Ugh. tons and tons and tons actually it was at my uh it was at my weekly axe league as it was happening so i wasn't able to follow it uh as it was rolling out but we got a ton of new Star Wars news. And I thought it would be fun for us to sort of come together and maybe, maybe talk about that. What, what's been announced and how do we feel about it? And, uh, just kind of, what do we know about it so far? So, um, I sent a link out to everybody, uh, to uh, starwars.com because it's got a pretty good breakdown of, uh, what's all there. So let's, let's take a bit Let's go through each piece and kind of what do we know about it and uh, how do we feel about that? Let's do it. All right. So uh, first one up, looks like we're getting a film based on Rogue Squadron. So good. So a few of the details, they, they're, they're saying that this is going to take place in the future. Let me see here. Introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. Yeah, man. And so uh, also directed by, I forget her name. Patty Pat Jenkins. Rector. Yeah, Wonder Woman, which was a decent flick, man. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984, it's coming out Christmas Day. It's her second kick at the character. I think people are are definitely content to give her a high-profile f- high uh, project like a Star Wars project, and I think she's going to deliver. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! It's it's very exciting. I always I really liked the Michael Stackpole uh, novels, the yeah. uh, uh, Wedge Antilles Rogue stuff. So I mean, if you're gonna give me the same vibe but with all new characters and stuff, I can get into that. I could totally get into that. I so now that it, it's set in the future, it kind of it kind of blows out my theory. But um, as it was unfolding, and I was sort of getting snippets off the internet, I'm like, oh, a Rogue Squadron series. I'm like, that's cool. So you know. Dennis Lawson turned up in the rise of Skywalker and, uh, I could totally see him, uh, doing it as a narrator, like, like the Indiana, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles where, where old wedge sets up the, uh, you know, sets up the story. And then we time shift back to a younger recast wedge. What you, yeah. And you might, you might just get, uh, an Admiral wedge Antilles running the sort of the show. As far as the fighter pilot, you know, he could be every third or fourth episode, or I guess it's not a show, it's a movie, but he could certainly be the guy behind the desk easily Yeah, uh, in a new generation of pilots. I think um, in terms of like what we know, at least where our show is concerned and we've speculated about, you know, certain certain properties smoothing over other properties. So Mandalorian smoothing over the sequel trilogy, like Clone Wars smoothed over the prequels. Yes. So in my mind, a Rogue Squadron movie could be a great vehicle to redeem uh, Admiral Akbar's death. Oh, that would be great. You know, I mean, he should have been. It should not have been the Holdo maneuver. It should have been the Akbar maneuver. And, and he there's was a little scene in there. If we can go deeper, there's a scene. And I think they might have thought about filming it differently. Yep. But then Carrie Fisher died. But when she does the Mary Poppins thing that everybody hates so much, which I, I don't hate at all. I don't hate it either. Cool. I feel it was the living she, force. She literally cuts through a hologram of Snoke's ship and it bisects. Right. And then she passes through it. Uh, you, you know what I mean? She floats through the hologram and it distorts and cuts in half. And That's then right. And comes back together behind her, so, which is a thematic. Like, I think they were going to kill Leia there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I think that the actor died and they reshot things. That's entirely possible. Sure. Yeah, it's it just seemed weird that they they foreshadow Leia destroying the vent the, or the, the uh, Snoke ship, and then they don't execute. True enough. Yeah. So 
George Lucas tried to do his uh, World War II epic, Red Tails, which yes. ultimately uh, borrows from a lot of the source material that he studied to make Star Wars. So in a round in a roundabout way, maybe the Rogue Squadron will be you know Disney's version of Red Tails, which is his version of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's, Red Tails is fantastic too. Actually. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to Super watch. Enjoyed it. Yeah. So, uh, any more on that one, or shall we move on? Let's move on. Hmm, there's we, a lot. We have an untitled uh, Taika Waititi-driven project. Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique, said Kathleen Kennedy. His enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. Star Wars comedy? I don't see why not. I mean, it could work. The other franchise is doing it. Yeah. Uh, Trek is doing it with Lower Decks. And but I mean, the parody, what's that other one? Uh, the Orville. That's not an official Star Trek. No, but it is. Oh, very much so. Heavily parody. Oh, yes, of course it mm-hmm. is. Oh, yeah. Um, I like Taika Waititi's sense of humor in Ragnarok. Uh, it translated very well for me. Um, and I also like, you know, his deadpan, his deadpan portrayal of, of IG-11 is what made that character funny. Um, no, totally. Yeah. Everybody, uh, did you guys see Jojo Rabbit? Not yet. I haven't seen it yet. You recommended it last okay. time. Okay, go see Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, see yeah, Jojo yeah. Rabbit and you'll see like more because he plays Hitler in that movie and it, it's zany. It's quite zany. So nice. I don't know if he can go that far with the Star Wars project, but um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would be comfortable. I mean, comedy, life imitates comedy or comedy imitates life, right? So if it's played that way, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. He's also heavily into the action too, so that it could be just like a buddy comedy or an action comedy. It could work. And it's been rumored that he's attached to a project for quite a while. So this one isn't a, a, a crazy surprise. It's yeah. more like a confirmation for me. And it's it's way out there considering they have title cards for most of the other stuff. But not uh, that. But not that. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit more in the ether, but it's certainly something to look forward to because he's a talented guy. Yep. And uh, yeah. Uh, so next up on the docket, we've got, and this one we've, we've known about for a while. It's stalled out for a little bit, but things are back on track now. And it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Hello there. The big thing about this one was when they released the time period. Yeah. And the fact that Hayden Christensen will be reprising Darth Vader. You underestimate my power. Ewan McGregor, uh, back as... Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for Obi-Wan. now they're calling it a special event series so does that yeah, it's mean gonna be a, a limited, limited series, series. I heard yeah. before yeah. in the rumors I haven't heard this solidified anymore but it was only going to be six episodes total oh, I get uh, it I, I get it he's in hiding such a legacy character to do too much with yeah yeah you um, have to be careful how how much you get him involved in anything yeah. Other, lest it take away from you know him trying to hide and and watch over Luke. And I ter- I wouldn't mind terribly if like the first episode was ten years after Revenge of the Sith, and the second episode was twelve years, and the third. You know what I mean? Like right. If we could do time jumps, and uh, you know, it might make it a disjointed overall arc, though. Yeah, maybe. I actually, I just watched um, I just watched a, a Netflix movie, a Christmas movie that actually does that, where they they make effective uses of the of the time jump but it's called holiday and it's about okay. yeah holiday watch it and maybe maybe not necessarily for the the comedy and it's a it's a passable comedy romantic sure. comedy but the way that they use the time jumping it's these two people they they decide that they both have come out of like serious relationships and they don't want any of the commitment issues so they make a pact that for every Every holiday on the calendar, they would be each other's plus one. So you mean, you know, they have like American Thanksgiving, which is in November. And then the next instance of the movie is skipping ahead to Christmas. And then we skip ahead to like, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day and like all the holidays. So they use the time jump that way where it's like weeks and months at a time. Sort of similar to when Harry Met Sally, which takes place over like a decade and a half, takes place over like 15 years. Yeah, so that would be even a bigger example of that. But Holiday yeah, does yeah, it pretty yeah. well in the small scale. Nice. nice. And as you say, uh, you know the the big uh, I think the biggest thing was the the return of Hayden Christensen. But as Darth Vader, 
not mm, Anakin so you Skywalker. You said earlier off air that maybe it's going to be just his head, you know, in the tank, or while he's meditating, we get some cool stuff of him meditating in the comics. And I honestly and, feel like that is the best use of Hayden Christensen at this point because, uh, and and no offense to him, because I don't have an issue. I Revenge of the Sith is my favorite of the prequels. I think sure. he was great uh, when he made the transition to Vader uh, before the armor. But he's a small guy. You're shorter than I expected. He's a thin guy. He just did not fill out the Darth Vader suit for me, and it wasn't, it wasn't convincing for me. The Jedi turned against me. Don't you turn against me. So I really do think that the best use of him will be close-up headshots where he's got, where maybe he's in his meditation chamber and we can get a, an actual look at his face. Sure, Otherwise... I'd certainly love to see a broken... Vader mask with his eye peering through. Yeah, the classic, yeah. Like the rebels. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Because otherwise, I mean, you you body double him, and it's James Earl Jones. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, for me, and we got to get this done quick because he's getting up there. Um, yeah. And for me, the, one of the more interesting things is they they give a title card at the end of the little. Well, it's not even. It's just the sand. Yes. And the, but it's called Obi Wan Kenobi. It's yeah. not called the Kenobi Show, or it's not called. Kenobi is Star Wars, you know, it's, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a Jedi title. It's not called Ben Kenobi visits the desert, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's kind of telling. And this entire series is going to be done by Deborah Chow, who is one of our yeah. roundtable directors for uh, Mandalorian. I liked her episodes. I oh, thought they were yeah. good. Did she not do the gunfighter? I'll have to go back and have a look maybe. at it. Yeah. But um, I, I liked her stuff, so... I'm super excited. Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite Star Wars character, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know that. 100%. Um, you know, the the prequel trilogy, if anything, he he and Qui-Gon Jinn are the uh, the highlights of that that whole, and the villains, obviously, but who got short change. But yeah, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, he's my guy, and uh, I cannot wait to see what they do with that because I just loved Ewan McGregor in that role. Totally did oh, it for fantastic. me. fantastic. It really... And he, they really, really de- develop him in the Clone Wars. So it's he's such a well-rounded character. And uh, when you rewatch A New Hope with all that backstory information with it, and the, yeah. it just adds, like, you, you go, what the hell did Alec Guinness know while he was delivering some of those lines? Yeah, really. nothing. They hadn't even been thought of yet. Well, I mean, Alec Guinness, who was like, what, space wizards? I don't get it. You know, give me the money. Yeah, exactly. Had no idea what he was talking about, but sure, you want me to? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll deliver the lines. Yeah. Fantastic. Next up, we knew, we kind of had an inkling it was happening, and uh, yeah, we we're getting uh, Star Wars Ahsoka. Oh. So this is going to be completely written by Filoni. It stars Rosario Dawson, and it's produced by Filoni and Favreau. So. I assume uh, roundtable directors for this one as well. More than likely. Yeah, I would. I I would think that ostensibly the same crew you've got going right now. Quite possibly. Probably guest directors and stuff. Um, it also ties in with and uh, we'll just bring it up that the the uh, something of the New Republic. The uh, uh, the next one. Uh, the next one is. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, uh, but they're all three are of the same era. And they're all intertwined. Yeah. So and they're all Filoni and Favreau controlled. Those yeah. Three, yeah. Uh, those two and the Mandalorian will all be intertwining. Ahsoka and Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. That's what it is. Rangers of the New Republic. Set within the timeline. <laughs> set in the timeline of the Mandalorian, the new live action yeah. series from executive producers John Favreau and Dave Filoni will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. So as you say, all three series, Mandalorian, New Republic, and Ahsoka, are all going to cross over. It's interesting because we talked about the three-prong attack. Yeah, we did. Um, The Mexican standoff, which we thought might be coming in the final episode of the season, but it looks like it's going to be coming in some big... Yeah. But you know, that almost makes me nervous because that means that they have have an endgame. They do. They had to, though. I mean... mean... No, no, I I get it. But I I wish, you know, we talked about... uh, we could do this for 10 Yeah, years. exactly. <laughs> we, we know we probably won't be now. <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a little, shed a yeah. little metaphorical tear for that. And I really hope that they get to the end game in terms of that, uh, unlike Netflix's Marvel series, which were just horribly abandoned in the middle. So, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Well, 
or there might be hope for that yet. I heard uh, Charlie Cox potentially coming oh. back for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I heard that, yeah, possibly for Spider-Man 3. So let's let's uh, talk about uh, Ahsoka specifically for a second mm-hmm. here because we really we really chucked around some ideas and particularly talking about Ahsoka the White versus Ahsoka the Grey and where does where does the um, the magistrate episode fit in the timeline as compared to that epilogue of Rebels? So without having seen a single episode, we're not going to get there. We're not going to get there, uh, presuming that the magistrate took place before Sabine and Ahsoka went off after Ezra. We're going to get some stuff before that, but we're not going to have some big time jump. Presumably, we're not going to have a time jump to after that where they've come back. I came at it in a different way. I thought that maybe the first episode of Ahsoka will be after the events of what just happened in that Mandalorian show. I yes, and I agree with you on that. Uh, on that sense, I just think that we're not going to have this like jump ahead and suddenly, you know, Sabine and Ahsoka are back from wherever they went. To no, find, we're going to yeah. get there, and I think that the the big event that you're going to find, bring Bo Katan and all the elements, get everybody. Together, yeah. I think that the end game will be the uh, Ezra Bridger. Entirely that's possible. The, that's Maybe that will be that you could have there. That's the biggest dangling thread we've got. So, Rangers of the New Republic, what do we think about this? I think it's going to be a Captain Tava show, bro. It's entirely possible. The Ranger concept, I guess it depends on, you know, like how do we, you know. Interpret that. How do you interpret Ranger? Like Park park Ranger? Yeah, Texas Ranger. Mm -hmm. You know. see, now Texas Ranger, the interpretation of a Texas Ranger works really well. Yeah. For uh, like, because, you know, they're they're mounted. Absolutely, uh, they are. Right, ostensibly, uh, you're mounted in the cockpit of an X-wing. I look at that badge that Kara's wearing, and I equate mm-hmm. it to a Texas Ranger badge. Right, so this also could be the Kara Dune show, which has been rumored. So, do we want to talk about her for a second? I don't want to politicize our show because I it, it doesn't interest me at all. I just want to enjoy it for what it is. But you know, Certainly. she's been under fire the last little bit because of her uh, social media, her politicizing of her social media. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's had some support from her co-actor, from Pedro Pascal, but she's also been kind of, and I think it was a bit of a caution there, like, hey, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you, like, this this could come back on you. Yeah, I heard when it first dropped, there was, like, rumors of, oh, they're going to get rid of her, and this is why they they gave her the badge to give her an out from the series, well, I, and so I crazy mayhem theories, right? I heard that the other day as well, but I'll say this much, like, we know that the series was written and shot before, in its entirety. Yeah. Before we ever saw it, so that that doesn't yes. that doesn't hold uh, water. What does right. hold water is once this season is is over, if they want to fire her. There's nothing preventing them from doing that. So, no. could she show up in Rangers of the New Republic in some capacity? Sure, she could. And, and as soon as I said it out loud, it makes way more of a sense than a Captain Tava show. Although uh, he'd probably be in it. I would think sure. so. Like they're out there. They're out there doing it. And if not him, you know, Trapper Wolf, you know, has to make an appearance and, you know, maybe the other uh, director pilots. <laughs> no, exactly. That could be a whole, yeah. Is this a show, you know, I, I'm i a big fan of, like I said, I want to get the Rebels crew back together. Is this a way, you know, to get Rex back into the galaxy? I certainly think that the end game will be your the, the the dangling thread left at the end of Rebels, especially knowing that Filoni is crafting this. Yeah, that that's that's going to be the end game. We're going to get we're going to get resolution Rebels, and I don't know if it's going to take five years or ten years of of this. Uh, eventually, our our grandkids will know yeah. what happened to Ezra Bridger. All right, next one up, we're getting a uh, oh, what's this called here? Lando. Lando. Everyone's yeah. favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will return in a brand new event series, so another limited series. Mm-hmm. Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. Uh, Daniel Glover is coming back as Lando Calrissian. Has that been confirmed? Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think it's all okay. but confirmed. I'll okay, double check that when we get off the air, but if that's I not true. I just hadn't seen that. I, I, there was some speculation as to whether it was going to be like Billy D. Williams narrating the I, window. I saw that too. Files or yeah. something of that nature. You know what though? Again, 
why not? I love that idea. I love that as a as a storytelling device, like having mm-hmm. the episode set up by the 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 more veteran character who's recounting tales of yore. I love that about the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah, it's actually. it's a wonderful device, and I think it it would play well, especially knowing that you know, I mean, Billy D is all but unable to do anything these days. Right. So, so if he's just sitting in a starship talking, it'd be perfect. Totally right. I mean. Uh, you know, a guy who says my flying days are over, but yet at the end of the, the film, he's yeah. talking about, well, let's go find out where you're from, you know? So he's off crusading somewhere else. Maybe and it's in, it's set in that period where he's reflecting on a, a younger himself. Right, right, right. And I think you're maybe going to get the resolution. If they're doing this in a big way, they're not yeah. going to just tell a story about him smuggling spice. They're probably going to get a, a resolution to the, uh, the Darth Maul, Han Solo. That's a great way to, yeah, the whole cura, the whole cura thing. And to come at it from an angle that's not so, I guess, divisive to fans. You could come at it from a Lando angle, still have the solo character and Chewbacca in it, but not focus on them. Yeah, it's not their story. Because if you did a Han Solo series, all we would get was half the community complaining again. Oh yeah, of course. So this is a neat way to approach that, I think. One thing I'd like to see out of a Lando series Again, if we're going to pull stuff from the EU and pull it forward, I'd like to see the Lady Luck make an appearance. Hell yeah. The Lady Luck, his uh, private yacht. It's a pretty cool looking ship. Next up, another one that I've been really super excited for, Andor. Andor, the tense, nail-biting spy thriller uh, by Tony Gilroy, set to arrive uh, in 2022. Diego Luna will reprise uh, his role as Rebel Spy Cassian Andor and will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Ayorna, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goh, Kyle Soler, and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Good to see her come back again. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And we can't count out, uh, I don't even know why, why they didn't put it in there, uh, Alan uh-huh. Tudyk as uh, K2, yeah, K2SO. Things have changed, but <laughs> I haven't heard anything to the yeah, contrary. Nor have I. And we got a title finally, because we were all like, what's I, it going to be called? Yeah. Rebel Intelligence was what I wanted it to be called. Really heavily. I thought it would have been something more, you know, sort of heady like that as well, but nope, it's Andor. So it's. Well, these are all very character driven shows. This yeah. Is this sort of thing is telling me that these are character driven shows. And so Andor is the official title. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. In Rogue One, his was the most compelling character of anybody. That whole yeah, scene in the belly of the U-wing, where he basically he basically puts Jin in her place, like, oh, suddenly it means something to you. You know, I've been yeah, doing yeah, yeah. I've been doing this since I was what ten or something. You know, like wow, like this guy's seen some shit, and he's got a. I'm sure he's got some baggage. So I'm super super keen to explore this character some more. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for this one. And I hope it's an ongoing and not just a limited series like some of these things. Well, it doesn't say limited, so but that no, doesn't necessarily... True. That doesn't necessarily... There's a lot of ground to cover in the... the you know, there's that story running in tandem with, with Rebels of the early rebellion is really compelling to me. Yeah. Uh, this next one uh, that we're going to talk about here for a second, this one kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't... I wasn't expecting this but they're going to deliver something called the Acolyte. Yeah, so we've been hearing rumors about um, her attached to some sort of female-centric uh, Star Wars yeah. project for quite a while now, a few uh, months now. Leslie Headland, a creator, yeah. creator of uh, Russian, Russian Doll. Dolls. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty good show, actually. Uh, it's well-written, it's dramatic and stuff. But um, It's listed as a mystery thriller. Yeah, so it's... This should be neat because we're actually going to explore. Apparently, we're going to explore a dark force user for yep. the first time yep. as a as a, our protagonist, and the era is the end of the High Republic. Yeah, in the High Republic, so yeah. an so era that we've explore, not yeah. seen before. So interesting, like you say, the idea of exploring a dark side character. You know, presumably they're already a dark side person at the outset of the show, and and. Or maybe they're not. Who knows? We've seen well, we've seen people fall. We've we saw the fall of Anakin Skywalker. That's always the so. danger for the Jedi. But we're what we're getting from all the literature from the High Republic, and and I've read the Charles Sewell novel now. Is that 
there's no dark side out there. It's still a temptation, but yeah, that there's no there's no Sith to worry about. That everything is within the scope of what the Jedi can handle. That's right. And it, they're more like they're more like Texas Rangers. <laughs> they're more like cowboys. So for me, when I read the words acolyte, I immediately go to Sith. Like I know hundred percent. I don't 100%. go I don't go dark Jedi. I don't go alternate force using tradition. Although that's entirely possible too. I go right to Sith. It has to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? The, the resurgent has to the resurgence has to begin somewhere. And hearing Lucas talk about and this could be where they're going, uh, but hearing Lucas talk about his original plans and having Darth Maul be the big emperor kind of character in the sequel trilogy that he wanted and that having darth talon if you guys know yeah darth talon yeah the the darth the Vader red character in this right so we could be getting a darth talon show maybe yeah if I mean, if the acolyte turns out to be a, a twi'lek jedi <laughs> do you know what i mean like certainly oh. yeah exactly <laughs> and and there's another little telling part there is the 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 title card has the the word slashed in half with a lightsaber stroke Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as I said in The Mandalorian, uh, in the uh, in the Jedi episode, Star Wars is always better with lightsabers. So, <laughs> it'll be fun to see some of that stuff played out. Uh, and again, yeah. like to see, I'd like to see what a, a Jedi Council, you know, that's, you know, what is it, two, three hundred years prior to the films? I'd really like to see some of that stuff. I'd like to see uh, what... Check out this Charles Sewell novel, man. It's real good. yeah. Yeah, the yeah. same guy that's been writing all the Star Wars and Darth Vader comics. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of continuity going on there. A lot of tight stuff. So that that kind of winds it up for the live action stuff. So this episode of Fandom Power is brought to you in part by CollectorsPlatoon.ca. CollectorsPlatoon.ca, organizers of the annual Toronto Collectors Platoon Toy Show. Check out CollectorsPlatoon.ca, the Canadian home of Ian's display accessories specializing in action figure stands for figures of all scales. Visit collectorsplatoon.ca today. You're listening to Fandom Power. animated projects coming down the line here this first one i gotta tell you i'm not impressed i'm sure it will be good but i i have my reasons for this they're doing a series about the bad batch and if you haven't listened to our show before uh just quickly put it out there for you i am not a fan of the bad batch as this badass clone commando unit and i say that only because the Clone Wars went out of their way to canonize the clones from the Republic Commando video game. And I always thought that they got the short end of it. That You know, uh, Fixer and Scorch and the other two guys, they already were this clone squad that you called in when your ARC troopers, like when Rex and Wolf and those guys, when they couldn't do it, you called up the Republic Commandos and like, oh shit, they made them the real deal. Yeah, now weren't the suddenly, Republic Commandos set in the old Republic? Weren't they part of the old? No, Republic? they were. They're clones. Are they really? Yeah, Sorry, they're clones. Bad. Perfect. Yeah. So, and they they made an appearance in the Clone Wars at least twice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Actually, now that you mention it. So then you have this final arc, the first three episode arc of season seven of the Clone Wars introduces this mm-hmm. bad batch where there's you know certain genetic markers that were fucked up on these guys, and so they each have one one particular enhanced trait yeah trait that is like off the charts right and that's neat but it just it's like why are you you're reinventing the wheel and i didn't feel like it was it, it didn't feel it was necessary to me so but apparently they believe in it enough to uh want to do a series on it uh, and in the sizzle reel i think i spotted fennec shan 
you did spot her. Now I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out because always love to make those connections. There's a few little things in that, like it's parts like you see Tarkin in the sizzle reel, and he's giving them orders. So are they still Empire now that they? Well, they are because this series is going to be this is immediate. This is the immediacy after Order sixty six. So, right, so are they going to like break out and, and start becoming like you know? Presumably, uh, these guys don't have the same inhibitor chips, or maybe they mm-hmm. have something different, or they escape it some other way because they're the end of Clone Wars. They're just out in the galaxy waiting to be called for their next mission. Oh, it's true. It's true. Right? So there could be some interesting thematic things to explore here, if not the characters themselves. Well, they have fives with them too, right? Yeah, and didn't well, fives? So, and I, I love fives. So fives, fives already had his chip removed. So presumably he's probably like, "Hey, you got these things in your head. We got to get them out," because fives so I, he knows, right? I don't know if fives would stick around and work for the empire. Uh, he definitely wouldn't, especially definitely. knowing that he's he was chipped, right? After but what the torture he to went through. See, yeah, exactly. It's interesting for me to see more of Tarkin. Uh, the yep. Tarkin novel, if you guys haven't read it, was awesome. Okay, good to know. Awesome. He's super amazing in the comics. He goes hunting with Darth Vader. Oh, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, real cool. <laughs> real cool. So that's that's uh, that's interesting. I'd like to see some more of Tarkin there. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it looks slick. I, I I could take it or leave it, and if it's on, I'll definitely watch it. The show synopsis says that uh, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. So Yeah, so I think you'll see the first couple episodes of them uh, loosening their grip with the Empire and then trying to make their way through. Oh, the yeah, for sure. Our next one is uh, something called Star Wars Visions. Mm. Presenting an all-new creative take on the galaxy far, far away, Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. The anthology collection will bring ten... Ten fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Man. I would love to see a Ghibli movie. Oh, my God. Uh, and Disney certainly owns them. They do now, yeah. That um, that fan film, that anime TIE Fighter film, totally lends itself to this. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, if you for anybody who's never seen it before, if you're interested, oh. if you want to sort of take a look at potentially what we might be getting, uh, YouTube the animated TIE Fighter short film and uh, watch it about 10 times because you're going to need to to get all of the the anime goodness out of that. And there's a few on YouTube. I, I, I couldn't tell you directly uh, where to look, but there are a few Japanese animators that have redone classic scenes from Star Wars in Japanese animation. Yeah. And some of them are, are spectacular. If I could find some links after the show, I'll send them out or oh, I'll put them on our Facebook. Awesome. Or yeah. Put them up, uh, send them over and we'll make sure that they get put up. I as and you too, Hank, we, we have some similar, similar tastes in terms of, of anime. Now I'm not a huge, a uh, huge anime consumer, but as a, as a young uh, kid, back in the 80s, the late 70s and the 80s, like when we were first getting exposed to what would become, you know, or what was known as anime in Japan, we got mm. these American translations of things like Beast King Go Lion became Voltron and uh, yes. uh, Science Ninja Team Gachaman became Battle, Gachaman. Of the, Battle of the Planets. And then, of course, the adaptations of Macross, uh, mm. Southern Cross, and uh, Genesis Climber Mos Beta became yeah. Robotech and, and those Which things really, to us. yeah. And that th- those things Space really resonate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Star blazers. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not a new, uh, new thing for Western audience. I just, I'm curious to know, like this, because anime tells stories in such a different way. They don't, they don't tell stories the same way. Like the North American storytellers typically no. construct their, their narratives. So, are we going to get that or, or are we going to get something more akin to uh, the Animatrix where the the story beats and the writing are completely Western, whereas just the, the style is is Eastern? So You might find that uh, certainly Shorts is telling because that's sort of, you know, unless you're going to do just a sort of a Jedi training montage or something very slickly done, you're, you're going to get action. Yeah, probably. I mean, people want to flex. People want to see a Tie Fighter pilot fight. Uh, they want to see 
Jedi's, you know, beheading <laughs> stormtroopers, things of that nature. So if it's shorts, you might find uh, like no cohesion, but instead the theme being that we're in Star Wars and that it is animated by anime animators. And that's where I say like it could just be like the Animatrix where it was a loose collection of yeah. stories of different styles. There's another one that does that, the the Halo. There's a Halo one, that Reach, Halo Reach. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. It does the same thing where it uses different uh, animators to craft the, each episode. Although that one is way more connected uh, story-wise. But yes, I'm totally down for a Star Wars anime and have been for, oh, I don't know, about uh, 20 years. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, any genre, Akira. Akira. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's our next one here? Oh, a droid story. So are this, we getting a sequel? So this are is we getting a, a sequel to droids, guys? This is an interesting prospect. I'm not sure what the target audience for this one is. I almost feel like this is going to be like your your aim low show. This is going to be your your youth audience. But uh, talks about uh, droid story will be an epic journey introducing us to a new hero guided by the legendary duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh, absolutely. They got to work for somebody after Skywalker, right? Did they? So in the in droids, I don't feel like they had a real guiding hand in a lot of stuff. They just happened to bumble along through the various uh, adventures of their uh, respective owners. Yeah, they had several different owners and they, the reasonable explanations from how they sort of transferred. Yeah, how they went from ownership. owner to owner, yeah. Um, there's a little continuity error stuff going on there because Vader and uh, a few characters are in those episodes, but they seem to happen pre-Empire. So, that, you know, like, and we, we do know that C-3PO is built by Anakin Skywalker. So that's right. There's, you know, he, he ostensibly goes right from Anakin. Well, I guess he spends some years on Tatooine and then he gets brought back from Tatooine when Anakin presumes early late teens that's kind of great for i got presumably when uh presumably when Watto sold shmi he probably sold 3po along with her Mm -hmm. for him to wind up at the lars farm 3po come back with anakin from tatooine after he kills all the tuscans he makes his way to geonosis yeah so he must be on board with padme and anakin yeah, because they both yeah they both go to geonosis that's right look what we do look what we do i know i love it but again, like no, uh, Watto doesn't say how long ago he sold Shmi to Klieg Lars. No, so... and that seems to me like they. I always got the impression that they, uh, like a like a romantic comedy or even just like a drama, they slowly developed this. Really, he would go to the same parts booth every day and flirt oh, with yeah. the girl behind them. And so that one day he had enough money to buy her freedom. It oh wasn't yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Buying her, but I'm gonna. We're in love now, and I'm going to save up all my money to free you so that you can be my wife. Right. That That's a way more compelling story. Well, certainly. And, I mean, how close did we veer towards, uh, like, when, when they show her die? It's probably, for me, the darkest moment in any of Star Wars at all. I oh, mean, yeah. Darker than Anakin turning, darker than, it, like, she's... She, she's got her clothes ripped. She's horribly brutalized. It's one she's of the best death scenes. Backwards to a to a to a big X. Like they they've been having their way with her. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's some connotation, you know. So th- th- for me, that was <laughs> almost whoa. How dark do you, are you going there? Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm just uh, going off on the Shmi rape. We went from droids. <laughs> <laughs> we totally got away from the droids. Um, yes, we did on Tuscan Rapers. Tuscan Watch droids, Rapers, kids. yes, yes. No shmi rape. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, interesting to know uh, where this is gonna gonna land. Is it gonna be like, you know, side stories like three PO turned up at, in Rogue One for his his big walk on moment? Like, why does nobody tell me anything? Is it gonna so be? Is it gonna be something like that where it's shoehorned between? episodes or or is it going to fall after rise of skywalker after rise of skywalker and then yeah. introduce us maybe to the future of I'd broom kid broom boy yeah maybe broom boy maybe it's a dangling thread i had this whole overarching theory and it, until it stayed with me until rise of skywalker yeah and i guess maybe last jedi too and it was the theory that the entire movie set of star wars had a narrator but the narrator wasn't overt, like 
oh, narrating yeah. over yeah, top yeah. of it in your head. But that the whole story was through the lens of one character. R2-D2. And that character was R2-D2. Yeah, of course. And they actually kill that by putting him in a coma. I know. In the last two movies. Yeah. So there's no way he can know huge chunks of that story. But I always strongly felt like that R2 was telling you the story. Yeah. That that it literally it picks up with with him on the ship on the on the the queen ship on the uh, the Naboo uh, royal ship. That's right. And that and it, we follow his version of the story. Like we, he's present for Luke's training. He's yeah. He's present for uh, Vader's turn. He's like, there's so many things there, and then they trash that. Um, in those, so maybe there's going to be a little redemption there in terms of his knowing the whole story. Uh, I also, I also, and I don't know if it's canon. I, it can't be. I don't know how it works. Uh, he's got blood in him, but I always felt strongly that R two was force sensitive. I don't know. He that... exhibits. I could, I could break it down for you. My theory. I got it on paper somewhere. I'll send it to you if I find it. But he exhibits force like abilities, dozens and dozens of times in the movies. We should um, precog, all kinds of things. There's some really neat stuff there that we. So we should we should take that and turn it into an episode on its own. (laughs) Yeah, we can do a whole episode on that. I think that would be a fun conversation to have. I'm down. Yeah, on one of the many, many, many Star Wars episodes that I'm sure we're going to do over the the coming months and years. Um, So that's it. We get a we got a droid a droid story, and then the other Lucasfilm announcements that were not Star Wars. Uh, that came out, and uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because that's not what we're here to talk about, but uh, a Willow series starring Warwick Davis. I'm excited for that one. Me too. Really loved the movie. I love that movie. I love Warwick Davis. I loved the series that Ricky Gervais wrote for him that only ran yes. for like uh, for like one season. Um, if you have uh Do you remember what it's called, oh. Andy? The Short Life? Send me a link after Is it I The Short so. Life? I think so. Uh, hi, Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant, and Warwick Davis. On the set of our sitcom Life's Too Short. Warwick Davis plays a parody of himself. It's it's oh, okay. so I was awesome. gonna say it's the, the reality show with Warwick Davis, and I guess it's not necessarily a reality no, show. Okay, no, no, no. It's more, no. it's a parody of him. Uh but it's so well done. Like Warwick Davis is seriously underrated as an actor. Yes, he's made his life out of Star Wars, but he is so much more than that. So oh, much that more in the Leprechaun series. Yeah, and then um, Time Bandits. The other one, it's not even on this. Uh, it's funny because it's not even in this article. <laughs> Indiana mm. Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones uh, is coming. Indy Five. I think there's some some dates now attached to it. And Harrison Ford returns. Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. I had heard rumors too, and I don't know how strong they are. I mean, we always take these things with a grain of salt. But I had heard they they were waiting uh, for the face tech the aging tech to be perfect. Is it there? I think it's there now. It's definitely close. close. uh, uh, Captain Marvel for me was a stunning example of that. Um, Oh yeah. For uh, uh, Sam Jackson, but watching Sam Jackson uh, for ostensibly more than half the movie be 30 years old was seamless. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it too. There's a guy out there who just did somebody posted it up and I caught the link. I, I should see if I can find it. A fan mm-hmm. has taken the scenes from Rogue One with Tarkin and Carrie Fisher and has actually improved them. <laughs> you know totally. what I mean? Like to make totally them doable. Yeah. So I mean, if some guy can do that at home, uh, you know, on a you know on what a regular dude can do, like when okay. you've got the a major film studio behind you, yeah, industrial light and magic. Oh yeah, exactly. And it's weird. So being as big of, of like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, it's probably my biggest fandom. I have yep. a few other ones. Marvel Comics being a, a very, very second, close second. Yeah. I'm not all that excited about the Marvel announcements. Yeah. Really? You know, in fact, I didn't even, I didn't even. Uh, I'm stoked about them. I, I'm probably going to go out and do a post on this later um, to put out the uh, the Marvel announcements, but I thought, you know, because it was coming up on our, our weekly review, that we, we would be remiss not to talk about the Star Wars announcements. No, certainly. And uh, I thought at one point I was thinking, all these new shows, we could probably do Marvel shows. We could probably do, you know. I think oh. I, there's definitely room to do as many of these as we can like, handle. Because we're, we're all Marvel fans as well, but 
There was a great meme I saw yesterday come up, and it's yes. uh, the and, Homer, and he's been sent to hell. And he's like, <laughs> here, have all the donuts. Well, they've replaced it. Here, have all the Star Wars oh, in yeah. the world. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the little tagline after, what is it? Rian Johnson went yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. after 15 minutes? Right, right. And he's like, more, please. The announcement came out Thursday. Okay. It's now Saturday, and already the... Uh, you know, as I as I said on, on one uh, Facebook comment, I said, oh, Star Wars, the toxic fans strike back. You know, people are already complaining that, you know, are we headed for another case of burnout like we got by dropping The Last Jedi and Solo within six months of each other? But I don't think so. I think the timing and the spacing is going to be as such that it will be a nice, slow infusion over the coming months and years. I agree. I think that they learned a lot with the Netflix series. I know it's not Disney controlled, but I think that the the Marvel studios uh, learned a lot with those series and what you could get away with and what you can do. And so I think you're going to, I think you'll get that these, especially the Filoni driven stuff that intertwines and connects and yeah, uh, super excited about it. I mean, I, I, I keep saying it's the Renaissance, but I couldn't have enough Star Wars. You couldn't give me enough. I'd be trying to invent my own stuff if you weren't giving me stuff. So, and that's uh, why I'm we super happy to be alive right now in terms of this. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for over twenty years, and that's why such an appeal to the role playing game. It's like you say, if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to make my own. Yeah, and I said that to you before. Like, absolutely. Uh, if I were sitting alone in my apartment with my wife, we'd be analyzing the show like this anyway. You'd be theorizing and you'd be putting stuff together, trying to make those, connect those dots. Minus, minus a, uh, an outlet, which is, this is amazing for. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the highlight of my week is to come back and talk about this stuff. It, uh, it really makes me feel like I'm capturing some of my, my youth again, but I want to talk about of the announcements of the Lucasfilm announcements. Uh, what are we most excited, most, most excited for? If you had to, you know, top two or three. Uh, I knew I knew that we were getting Obi, and I knew we were getting Andor, and I'm super yeah. excited for both of them. I'm extra excited for Obi in terms of all things, but I didn't know how excited I was for the return of Ahsoka Tano until I saw that episode. Yeah. And now that's the one that has me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. My top three would be in that, would be uh, uh, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, Andor, Ahsoka. Top three. How about you, Andy? What do you think? Uh, my top three, probably pretty close, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and then I'm really interested for that uh, Rangers of the New, New Republic. New Rangers, yeah. Because it connects. Yeah, I, I think that's a good a good point to close on is those two series, Ahsoka and New Republic Rangers, given what we do here on Fandom Power Presents The Fandalorian, you can bet your ass we're going to dig hard on those and uh, we'll definitely... Uh, review those i think it i think that those two our our style of review our beat by beat long form storytelling style i think will uh make for a very interesting uh process to see how those three weave together yeah yeah it will because we might have to do intermediate woven episodes (laughs) oh my lord yeah you will Yeah, yeah. yeah It'll we be the live stream the rest of our lives. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be the CW crossover events that they did with all the superhero shows, where you know, holy Christ, we got to watch five shows to get the whole story. Crisis on <laughs> Infinite <good>. Star Wars. <laughs> Only good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, DC. Well, as we said, there were lots more announcements. It was uh, the Disney stakeholder day, and it was all of the. Uh, the big tentpole stuff that's coming down the line, but uh, really super excited about the Star Wars projects that are coming. Also really disappointed that we got to wait a whole year, December 25th, 2021 for season three of the Mandalorian, but we're going to have a steady, one of the shows in between. We're going to have a steady infusion of entertainment properties uh, from the mouse house for the foreseeable future. Oh, also on that note, I just want to, point out this is a little uh, addendum there was talk about disney shutting down hulu uh which is which is not available they 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 have a controlling controlling majority of it when they got fox so Mm -hmm. just i saw it this morning they are doing that in fact and so they're rolling out their international version of hulu and it's called star 
Yeah. And it, it's going to be tunneled with Disney. It's, yeah. It's going to go on to your Disney Plus subscription. They're going to raise the base cost of Disney Plus by three bucks, but you're not going to yeah. have to buy it as an add on. So oh, that's really cool, actually. For us living well, in Canada, can, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. There's a lot on Hulu that I just drool over, actually. And there is a version I've heard. There's a version where you don't have to bundle it, and it's just a dollar more. You could the, just buy the, all the new content. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I'm excited for the future of streaming. I'm excited for the future of Star Wars. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, we took the time to uh, talk about what's coming. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And as soon as stuff starts rolling, we'll be reviewing. So I guess that's it for me, guys. Amazing. All right, guys. Well, future is bright. Next week is uh, chapter 16. It's the penultimate episode of season two. I cannot wait. I'll be giddy like a schoolgirl, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. All week is just going to be that, that, that. that I know. That. Fortunately, I'm going Christmas shopping tomorrow, so I'll have I'll have some distractions. But uh... After 15 Christmases in a row, we finally get uh, actual Christmas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's it for me. And let's pick it up again next week where we do it all over again. Chapter 16. Join us here. Fandom Power presents The Fandalorian. And bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that, so you can focus on what it is you want to say. Sawcast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing, to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready... Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? <laughs>